For the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Join Bishop Edward Butchery as he brings you the engrafted word of truth, which is able to save you, transform you, and guide you to become a stronger Christian with a deeper relationship with the Lord. This teaching is anointed, down to earth, and full of practical wisdom for your Christian living. Bishop Edward Butchery is a son of Bishop Dagwood Mills and a seasoned minister of the Word. He currently pastors the Macarius Church in the Gambia. Join Bishop Edward Butchery for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. For this morning, bless his name for his love and for his mercies towards all of us. Be grateful to him for he is good and he's been good all the time. He's faithful. He's been faithful consistently. This is the reason why we believe and we trust in him. Thank you, Jesus, for an awesome time in your presence this morning. We welcome your presence. Have your way. Fill us. Lead us by your spirit. Teach us unto all good works. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated, everybody. This morning, I'm going to share on a topic that I believe will be a blessing to all of us, especially me. <laughs> I hope you've had a good rest after four days of coming to church consistently. Some people have not been seen at all since Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday. We were here yesterday. And Sunday, they are not in church. I don't know whether they have decided to fast with some people, but we are blessed nonetheless. Well, the title of this morning's message is Cursed for Being Fruitless. Cursed for Being Fruitless. I've been teaching you about fruitfulness. We've talked about the enemies of fruitfulness. We've talked about what else? Uh, reasons, keys for fruitfulness, purpose of God for your life, which is to be fruitful. That's why some people, when they are fruitful, they don't need God. That's, they come to the conclusion that they don't need God. You see, because when you pass your exams, you don't need your teacher again. Yeah, for that subject. I mean, if you become a banker, you don't need your teacher again to teach you what. When you have questions, you don't go to your teacher. When we finished school and we started working, we didn't go back to our teachers for references. You see, there's a presumption that you know what you are about. And that is how we've all become. You see, that's why the world has moved away from God. In prosperous places, God is even being pushed out. You can't preach the gospel. Yeah. And the gospel is interpreted as spreading hate. Amen. But when you go into history, in, in Europe, in America, in their times of poverty and lack, the gospel was what brought light. The foundations of civilization was through the gospel. Because witchcraft, barbarism, and other things were prevalent in our lives. Yeah. 
But now that we have prospered and we are enlightened and we can go to the moon and go to Mars and, you know, do things that, you know, confound creation, we, we feel that we don't need him again. Yeah. Yeah. So let's be careful. All right. Many of us sit here humbly coming to church. The day some of you prosper and you reach certain heights of your life, you will see that getting up and, and dressing Sunday morning is a laborious task for you. Yeah. Yeah. But may God help us. May God help us. This morning, I believe that you'll be blessed. Mark chapter 11 and let us read from verse number 12. Maybe let's go to 11, 11. Mark 11, 11. Beautiful. Mark chapter 11 and verse 11. It says, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around, sorry, when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come. He went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So we know from this scripture that Jesus Christ was moving with the twelve apostles. After he had been to Jerusalem, preached, done miracles, spoken to multitudes, went into the temple, you know, now he was moving out of town to Bethany out of Jerusalem and he was with the 12 apostles verse 12 and on the morrow the following day when they were come from Bethany he was hungry as some of you are hungry this morning <laughs> and seeing a fig tree afar of having leaves <laughs> said and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany he was hungry and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. Okay. People are asking questions. And Jesus answered and said unto it, unto the tree, unto the fig tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And Jesus answered unto it and said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples had it. Hmm. All right. Let's go to verse 19. So this was in the morning when he was coming back and he was hungry and he saw the tree which should bear figs but it, ha it, ha it had leaves. He was not interested in the leaves. Do you eat fig leaves? Do you use it for stew? For salad? I don't think that there is any salad that is made out of fig leaves. There's no profit for the leaves. What is profitable are the figs, the fruits. And he didn't find the fruits. And the Bible says that even though it was not the time of figs. Very interesting. It was not the season of figs. 
But why did he become angry? Why was he bored? Well, we may get answers if God helps us. <laughs> but let's, let's read on verse 19. Okay, verse 19. And, he, and when even was come, he went out of the city again. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig. Where's my scripture? Let me read from my Bible. Yes. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Now, let me explain this on the side because that's not the topic of the message. Uh, that's not the substance of the message because you're asking questions. Why did Jesus curse the tree even though the Bible says it was not time? You know, fruits have seasons and cycles. Mangoes have cycles. So can you imagine you go to a mango tree out of season? You don't expect to see fruits. Do you understand? You don't expect to see fruits. So if you curse it, it's, it's almost as if you are being wicked. Or you cut the tree down because it's not bearing fruit. You are impatient. But we learn from this scripture that the reason why Jesus exercised that authority was simply to teach the disciples the power of faith. That what you say can happen. Irrespective of the elements and the things that are determined against it. So that was his explanation to Peter. Because he cursed the tree in the morning. And the following morning, it had dried up. And it means that it had even fallen. Because it said it had dried up from the roots. So the whole tree had died overnight. Can you just imagine? Yeah. Yeah. It was just to demonstrate the power of faith. That's why the Bible says, Life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So you have to be careful what you see. The Bible also says that every idle word that, that comes out of your mouth, you will be judged for it. So you have to be measured in what you say. Do you understand? So that's the simple explanation. Now let's go to the subject. Those of you who are asking questions about why Jesus, he's not a wicked man, but he was just showing how faith works. When you speak, it comes to pass. Now, in this scripture, we learn that when Jesus came across the tree, he didn't see fruits, he saw leaves. And he was not interested in the leaves. Because the tree is to bear figs. It is to bear fruits. And that is what is of interest. Now, this scripture also describes God's expectations of us. Just like every parent makes investment in their children. We expect results. When your fees are paid, sometimes you don't know the sacrifices parents make for you to go to school. Some of you, the fees that are paid for you by parents, you see, they didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Nobody paid such fees for them to go to school. Some of the schools you are going, your parents didn't go. Yeah. 
some of the exposures you have, your parents never experienced them. So it is never out of place for them to expect you to be fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. And it is the natural course of life that everything that is planted must bear fruit. And you are like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaves will not wither, who shall bear fruit in its season. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. So, it is never out of place for God to expect us to be fruitful. We live in a dispensation where we are exposed to things and, 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 and have privileges that didn't exist in the days of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' days, he preaches and there is no live recording. Do you understand? The record of his teachings and the miracles were, were notes and, and, and written uh, 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 observations by people who accompanied him. And that has been passed on for us to have now. But today there are people who can sit in their room, listen to me, with nobody around and speak. And one million people within two minutes can hear them. You have something Jesus didn't have. Jesus couldn't even or did not travel out of Israel. Yeah. He didn't have mobile phones. He was never on YouTube live or TikTok live or what? Um, he didn't have an iPhone. He never sat in an airplane. Eh? The, the only luxury he had was to sit on a canoe. A fisherman's canoe. He didn't, he didn't board a yacht. Eh? Go on a cruise ship. Travel across the world with disciples. Today, pastors have jets. Pastors travel. So why would he... It is not out of place for God to expect us to be fruitful. We are enjoying, we are enjoying sacrifices made. Do you understand? So if God expects you as you are sitting here to be fruitful, it is not out of place. Yeah. Yeah. We have advanced. And we pride ourselves in the advancements that we have made. Even if you didn't make it, you are enjoying it. Yeah. And so it just should be reasonable an expectation that this generation must be fruitful. Yeah. Today, fees are more expensive than years back. When our parents were in school. Do you understand? What it takes to keep a student in school is far more. Some of you, when you are in school, even the phone you use, your father never used some when he was in school. There are some phones that are more expensive than school fees. And when, when, when they ask you results or they expect results, it's not out of place. Yeah. It's not. It should be. It's a normal expectation. And so you see, naturally, anybody who makes an investment or expects returns becomes upset when they don't get that result. And I'm talking about God and his expectations of us. God expects you and I to be fruitful. And the question is, what type of fruit should we even bear? You see, when he, he, when he saw the tree, a tree has a stem. Where are the science students? Where are the Greek students? It has branches. It has roots. 
First of all, it has a stem. It has what? Branches and then leaves. Before? Flowers. It's not every tree that has flowers. Or every tree has flowers. Our Greek students. You see, you are in school. You have forgotten your our Greek. Right now that you are here. Eh? How will you pass your exams tomorrow? Well, okay, okay, okay. Everybody's interpretation is coming to play. So let's stick to the basics. It has the roots, the stem, the branches, and the leaves. Then the fruits. Yeah. Now, if you have a tree that has roots, stem, branches, leaves, it is not, you see, those are supposed to help produce the fruit. Your interest is the fruit. It's not the embellishments. Yeah. The things that make the tree nice, flourish, endure situations. That's not what you are interested in. So, you see, when God looks at you, there are many things about us that are like leaves. They are not the main thing. God, you see, if you have a, the nicest car, God is never interested in the car. And when he comes, he won't sit in the car. If you have the nicest house in this country, God will not live in your house. When he comes to visit you, he's not interested in your bathroom or your washroom. He won't visit you and use your washroom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. When Elijah, Elijah was mocking the gods of uh, uh, the prophets of Baal, he, he told them, your, they were praying for their God to bring down fire, to consume the water and the sacrifice. And their God was not responding. Then he said, probably he's gone to the washroom. Your God is poo-pooing. That was his mockery because Elijah's God doesn't poo-poo. Our God doesn't, he's not a man. Do you understand? For him to, for his body to function the way we function. He is hungry. He wants to wee wee. He wants to. He doesn't. So you see, there are things you have that are of no interest, but they are of interest to you. And sometimes, when you're not careful, you settle for the things that are not important, and your efforts and your mind and your heart is put into these things. And one day you will leave them. Your ability, you know, to 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 uh, 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 your capacity or if they say you are fruitful and the only sign of fruitfulness is material things it is wrong do you get what i'm saying in the eyes of god these things don't matter yeah. as a matter of fact when you there are people who are very rich affluent they have money they can buy anything they can live anywhere but most of them live modestly there are those who don't have sense and who don't think far they are the ones who want to show that i have this yeah. When Bishop came here, he was telling us about Elon Musk. Is that not so? I read something when he, he made a statement that the guy doesn't have a home and he moves around. Yeah. He I read about it and I realized that he has a house that he bought for fifty thousand dollars. And up to today, that's the house he has, a three-bedroom house. But he doesn't live in it, he's moving around. A billionaire who can take $40 billion to buy uh, 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 Twitter. $40 billion. Some of you, if you have $1 million, the car and the house that you build, it will become a monument of luxury. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you see, the person is, is, is he, he, it's not about them, what he has. It's not about, when, when we see you and what we identify in your life is what you have, you are an empty person. Because God's, God said to the prophet Samuel, man looks on the outward. That's the weakness of man. We are, we are, we are, we are always, you know, we, we look at people or we select and relate with people based on how they appear. Yeah, that's why designers make money out of us. Was that thing that you are wearing? I'm telling you, you will find the same thing somewhere. But because of the name that is on it, you will pay more for it. You, what is it? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. What does God expect from you? Do you ask yourself questions? God is not interested in your marriage. If you say you are the happiest married man or married woman, you see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because there are some people who never marry. And their lives are more fruitful and productive than people who have married with children. You say you have children, you pride yourself in having 10 children. In, in, in years past, mothers are happy to, to give birth to children like basketball teams, football teams. Yeah. 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 They pride themselves. If you have plenty of children, so what? Somebody doesn't have a child, but his life has touched millions of people. You, you have 12 children. You can't even look after them. You see, so you see that sometimes what you have is not what reflects your fruitfulness. It, 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 this is, there's a contrast. Yeah. yeah. The leaves. The leaves. When they fall down, you trample over it. You sweep it and you throw them away. What is a car? Fire can catch your car right now. One guy was going on a trip with his new car. He had moved to places. He posts himself on Facebook. I mean, you know how people enjoy things. Places he visits, food he eats, everything. He went to one of the lodges one morning, slept, woke up. He started his car, went to a restaurant, had his breakfast, posted his meal and as usual, his things. For people to see that he's living large. By the time he walked out of the restaurant, the car was on fire. Mm. He he captured it. (laughs) Because that's how we got to know that fire has caught the car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If this is what... Because sometimes your your possessions are so... You see, you are are so happy to have something. But it's nothing to God. What is God interested? What what is God interested in you? What is God's interest in you? Do you know what it is? Cursed for being fruitless. What God is interested in is your heart. That is your spirit. And the fruits of your spirit is what He's interested in, not the fruit of the body. Because you see, God doesn't curse people for not having children. Nobody, nobody in this life. If you're a woman, you don't give birth. You will never be cursed. You are not cursed. It is society and our stupidity and our ignorance that puts pressure on women who don't give birth and make them feel that they are cursed. Sometimes people, even young people marry and one year, two years, they have not given birth. Then the, the family starts saying things. The woman is cursed. There's a curse in the family. There's something that... that yeah. If you want to be happy, don't have children. That's the key. I'm telling you. 
If you marry, if you marry and you want to enjoy your, your marriage, you don't have children, you'll be happy. So don't, those of you who have children and you look down on somebody who doesn't have a child, you are ignorant. You see, listen to me. If the sign of fruitfulness is to marry and have children, then Jesus was not fruitful. Yeah. He didn't propose to any woman. Yeah. Yeah. There are many things that we have entangled ourselves in. But you see, before God, they are chaff. They are like leaves, stems and roots. And he curses those things. If that's, that's what you pride yourself in. Because see, a car, material things, all those things, they are curses. Because when you die, no matter what belongs to you on this earth, you can't take it anywhere. You won't be, you won't be buried in your bedroom. You won't be left on your bed. And the acid left on. Yeah. Or you won't be put in your freezer. It, it should tell you that these things are like leaves. They, 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 I mean, they, when they fall down, they trample over. Sometimes you can build or have things. When you leave, your children are not interested in it. Yeah. Where the house is, they don't want to live there. The car you have left, they don't like the car. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you see, we have been built to be fruitful. So what is the sign of fruitfulness? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I think let's read from verse 5. 5, 5, 6. I don't want to change the message. So let's start from verse 6. Look at this. Let no man deceive you with vain words. I'm talking about cursed for being footless. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Let no man deceive you. Don't run away from them. Go back. Uh-huh. Follow me. Let no man deceive you with vain words. There are things that can be spoken to you that can make meaning to you. But they are vain, they are useless, they are empty, they are misguided. And they distract you from your life, your goals. You see, many parents frown at children when they see them becoming committed to God. And taking the things of God seriously. And they feel that it's a waste of investment. Do you understand? Yeah, if you're a parent, let me tell you something. If you have educated your children, sent them to schools, very expensive schools, done things for them, giving them exposure, whatever, and you see them tilting towards God, they are not losing out on life. Oh. They are gaining something that the world cannot understand. And many parents talk out. You see, counsel eh, is deceptive. Yeah, the wisdom of man is very deceptive. And you can receive counsel from somebody who is exposed, who knows and understands things, but the person is worldly and carnal. So that counsel is not godly. Blessed is that man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, but standeth uh, nor standeth in the way of sinners, 
nor seated in the seat of the scornful. You see, you can have parents and you can be a father or a mother who, whose life goals and achievements have nothing to do with God. And so you don't think that it is important to raise up your child for them to be oriented towards the things of God. It's like if you say you are a Christian or whatever it is, occasionally you go to church, that's it. But your heart is not after the things of God. So you naturally don't want your children to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to my scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now, anybody who does what they feel like and puts aside the instructions and commandments of God is described as disobedient. It doesn't matter your achievement and your rank. You can be a president, but before God, you are disobedient. Saul was anointed and placed as a king over Israel for the first time. A political leader was chosen by God without elections. And there were instructions given to him at all times to walk and to lead the people. But you see, something entered him and he started to do things his way. And because of that, he was described as a wizard. Yeah. For disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. You are so disobedient that you are like a wizard. Yeah. You are rebellious. When they say, sit here, you stand. Yeah. That's who you are. Children. So, when you are a child, you grow. So, sometimes, disobedience starts when we are very young, and we grow with it. And it is magnified. So, we pass on that spirit to our children. That's why many parents frown upon children who are, you see, yeah. It's, and it's not only rich people, that even poor people. Because sometimes, you see your child, you, you, you want your child to be what you couldn't be. You see, some parents have dreams and hopes for their children. Go to school, do this, become a doctor, become a lawyer, become a pilot, become an astronaut. Meanwhile, you, you don't have an aeroplane in your country for him to fly. Astronaut. Which African country produces astronauts? Where will you go? Eh? <laughs> we have dreams. It's not, it's not out of place. It is proper. But you see, you have to also understand that Life, eh? the fulfillment in life is about finding God's purpose. But when you walk in that purpose, your fruitfulness becomes a blessing to the family beyond materialism. Because there's a certain favor that comes upon people. God places them in situations where they rise up and overcome situations. Many people don't understand it. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God, the anger of God. What happened to Jesus? His anger came up when he saw the tree was not bearing fruit. And he cursed it. Yeah. Verse 7. We are reading Bible. He says, Be not ye therefore partakers with them. You see, there are some people. Eh? You should not have a fellowship, intimacy with them. Yeah. When you see plantations, immediately a farmer sees one disease in the midst of the plantation. There's a quarantine. Because they know that this thing that I'm seeing in this tree, is the, there's a possibility that everything is contaminated. Yeah. 
So they quarantine a certain parameter to observe. And if they see the thing spreading, 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 they know that, look, this thing is gone. We got to wipe it off. Yeah. But you see, some of you, you are not sensitive to the things of God. So you can't even determine and see that you are in the midst of people who partake in disobedience. How do people become cursed for being fruitless? Number one, relationships. The wrong relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You can marry and be happy. But that is the end of God's happiness with you. Because you see, the person has taken your heart away from God. Sometimes there are some people who choose a partner against the wishes of the family, against the wishes of the mother or the father. And, and you, are, you, you seem to be happy in the marriage, but for the rest of your life, your father and your mother have detached themselves from you. Yeah. Yeah. You see, if you understand what marriage is, you won't disrespect your mother and your father. If, even though, even though, even though the law and every state guarantees you the right to choose, you see, when you are 18, free will, two consenting adults, you don't understand marriage. Marriage is not the legal right. Marriage is a spiritual authority. The person who, who instituted marriage defined marriage in spiritual terms. So you see that the children of the covenant, Abraham, when he wanted a wife for his only son, he sent for them to go to his brother and bring a woman. Yeah, and when they brought Isaac married, it doesn't mean that today your father should choose for you or your mother should choose for you. No, that's not what I'm saying. My father didn't choose my wife for me. So I can't tell you that that's how it is. But I needed their blessing and their approval. If you understand it, you see, that's why the world in developed and advanced countries, marriages don't work. You, you feel that you have gone to school, you are of age, you are working, you are making your money, you are paying your bills, so you can marry and choose anybody. And you see that most of the people who enter sad things have problems you can't even imagine. Divorce rate and the lack of understanding for marriage is more prevalent in advanced countries than in, in develop, uh, underdeveloped countries. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Relationships are important. Because you see, the Bible says two are better than one for they have a reward for their labor. So the person you partner with can also define the kind of fruits you bear. You know, when, when you are young, sometimes you, are, you, you don't understand what your parents have done or what they mean to you. Because some of you may not even know how your mothers just even suffered through pregnancy. I mean, they couldn't take you to Ivy League schools. They couldn't expose you to places. They couldn't do things that others are doing for you. Fine. You have worked your way up. But sister, I'm telling you what it took your mother to carry you for nine months. She hasn't told you the story. You don't understand it. So you feel that you have the right to define what your relationships should be and who you should choose. Now, when you push that authority out, you also lose any authority whatsoever. So you see that it's a cycle. The day you have children, that's how your children will also respond to you. Yeah. Because as for a curse, you see, a blessing is a cycle. 
it is transferred. A curse is also like that. That's why some diseases are in the family, it is transferred. Yeah. Yeah. Curse for being fruitless. Your relationships are very important. Don't just choose. Say, therefore, be not ye therefore partakers with them. There are some people, God doesn't want you to have anything to do with them. Disobedient to God. If you meet somebody who disrespects your father, your parents, openly, and for you, as far as you are concerned, this person loves you and that's what matters. You see, it is a case you are going into. Yeah. It's a mistake. That somebody can marry you and the person cuts you off from your father, from your mother, and you are very comfortable to, 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 to give yourself to such a person. I can bet you all kinds of people who do such things, it doesn't end well with them. Sometimes when, you, when some people have problems, okay, and you are trying to counsel them and you don't go behind the scenes to find out and trace, you don't have time. You can't solve problems. That's why when you go to the hospital, they take your history. Proper diagnosis is arrived based on your history. Yeah. 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 That's how life is. Those of you, when you are young, you are inexperienced. But you are, you, are, you are at the point of also taking major decisions for the rest of your years. And you need counsel, godly counsel, godly counsel, not ungodly counsel. Sometimes you, you haven't started life, you have married, but the curse has begun. And you see that as you have entered the marriage, problems after problems after, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from who? Not from your father. Not from your mother, but from the Lord. Not from a friend. Not from your job. Yeah. The favor does not even come from the person you have married. It comes from God. Because why? That marriage was subjected to the directions of God. That's why you have favor from him. But if you are taking a step into marriage and you ignore God's counsel, eh? you think you want to go in and invite God to come and change things and bless him. You, you don't understand it. No. Your, 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 your critical point is when you are taking the decision, that's when you need God. It's not when you have made a mistake that you now remember that I need God. Because when you write an essay and you have made a mistake and you are corrected, it doesn't change your marks. You may understand it now, but the mark still stands. You have failed it. Yeah. You are failed. You are failed. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You see, there are times, darkness is a symbol of ignorance, blindness. You see, there are times in our lives that we don't understand many things. We don't see danger. When you are choosing and making major decisions for your life, you do them at a time where you are very ignorant. Yeah. And the, 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 the tendency to make mistakes are very high. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. How can somebody in his wisdom 
realize that what I'm doing is going to kill me and I'm doing it nonetheless. Everybody feels justified in the decisions they are taking. I know what I'm doing. I'm not a child. I've been to school. I'm smart. Your ability to pass exam doesn't indicate smartness. Yeah. There are teachers who can teach you to pass exams, but their lives are miserable. You and I were sometimes ignorant and blind, but now we are light in the Lord. You see, when you have God, let me tell you something, your eyes open. Your eyes open. Yeah. And it is important to walk in that wisdom and in that light. Don't ignore it. Don't, don't, don't take decisions and say to yourself, oh, this is what the Bible says, but no, I think I can do it this way. I just want to be happy. You just want to be happy. Go ahead. Do you know the one who, who gave life? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know what life is? Life is not about marrying, uh, having children. So you see, sometimes the weakness is that you are ready for marriage, and anybody who comes, who shows, a man can love you truly and kill himself for you. Eh? If even there is something like that. They are all lies. But you see, that's what you believe. Oh, he loves me. Yeah. Your heart. I'm telling you, marriage is not about love. Real marriage. Love, listen to me carefully. Love does not sustain a marriage. What sustains a marriage is a relationship. Relationship is built on trust and understanding. That's why the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, to, to have one mind with somebody is important. You are a believer. The person is not a believer. You want to serve God. The person doesn't want to serve God. You want to go to school. The person doesn't like you to go to school. There are some men who don't like their wives to advance academically. Then, you see, sometimes you see that danger and you see those discrepancies and those differences, yet you want to go. You are now choosing to walk in darkness, even though light, you see, can you imagine you have a torch light that is showing your path as you're walking? Then there are always blind spots. There are places you can't see. Then you choose to point the light somewhere and walk in the dark. You must be mad. Yeah. 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 She were sometimes darkness. Number two reason for curses is the decision to walk in darkness. Yeah. It's a, it's a choice. Because nobody, when you are driving in the night and your light, headlights go off, it's you, your, your wisdom will tell that, stop, park the car. Nobody moves without seeing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you don't see and you are moving, it is a choice you have made. Yeah. It's a choice. So when you have God's word, it is a light and a guide to your path. But if you choose to put it aside and walk 
without that instruction, you have made a decision to walk in darkness. And it's a case that you will hurt yourself, I'm telling you. Yeah, you will stumble and you will fall. Yeah. Verse 9. Look at this. For the fruit of the Spirit, don't forget this scripture in your life, is in all the fruit of the heart, what God expects of you. If God is to be happy with you, these are the parameters that define what makes God happy, that you are fruitful. This is the evidence of God's pleasure in you as a fruitful person. In all, it is what? Number one, goodness and righteousness and truth. You see, some of us, we don't know how good our parents are. And we pay them back with disrespect and mistrust. Sometimes when my children are misbehaving and I correct them and they frown their face and things, you see, I see the ignorance. Because the correction is not out of hatred. Never. Correction is not born out of hatred. Reproving a child is not born out of dislike. Jesus said in Revelation 3 verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke. And I chase them. It is very characteristic of people who are ignorant. You see, to frown and, and despise correction. Yeah. The goodness of God is like a rod. You see, you are doing, he knows that if you are left to take decisions without help, you, you will crash. You will fall apart. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. And I will not be brought under the power of any. The fact that, you see, every constitution in every country guarantees freedom of speech, freedom of uh, association, freedom of choice. They say fundamental human rights. But you see, let me tell you something. Responsibility, uh, 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 choices, freedom comes with responsibility. If you have the right to do something, there are parameters within which you can do that thing. The fact that you have the right to drive doesn't mean that you can drive 150 kilometers on this road. Yeah. Do you, do you, you, you understand? That's why every road has a, a, a road a speed limit. Because some cars are very fast. When they step on within six seconds, they can hit 120. Yeah. But it has to be regulated so that you, we are different. Our outputs are different. But God regulates all of us so that we can live together. That's why he's called the God of peace. If you, are, if you always want to do things your way, you can't foster peace. You, you can't be happy. And many people who, when you are young and you do what comes to you at will, you grow up and you realize that you are, you are lonely, you are depressed, you, are, you have no counsel, nobody can speak to you. Yeah. yeah. The wisdom of God didn't make us old men from birth. And then we'll grow and become babies. Do you understand? It would have been very nice if that was the order of life. But <laughs> it's like immediately you are born, you know everything. As you are growing, you start to lose the sharpness and you become like a child and become dependent. But you are dependent from day one and you grow. Everybody needs a presence and a counsel. And you see, the goodness of God has ensured that you are brought up properly. 
as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may go thereby. Do you know why parents take you to school when you are young? It's a, it's a manifestation of goodness. They want you to be schooled, to understand, to learn, to grow and be responsible. The fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. What is the explanation for righteousness? The Bible says Abraham believed in God and it was counted unto him. Righteousness. When you believe in God, it is a certain level of trust. It's like you are dependent on him. But many of us are not dependent. You take decisions without consulting. So it doesn't make you right. Yeah. Your ability to make decisions doesn't confer on you, you see, the right to put away God. But unfortunately, that's the default explanation. And that's where man has arrived at. So when the, there are people, when you are talking to them and you mention God or you mention scripture, they are offended. Yeah. 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 They are offended. Yeah. America is founded on faith. In God we trust. But in, today it's not in God we trust. Some people even want to, they've taken their thing to court to remove that thing from their currency. Because it's not everybody who believes in God. That's what they are saying. Why do you say in God we trust? We don't trust in him. Yeah. That's the world. That's why the world is unfruitful. That's why the heart of man is, is evil and wicked. You are not right with God. When you take away faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So all of you who don't hear God's word, who have made it a choice to fill and saturate your soul with other things apart from the word of God, you are walking out of faith and you are unrighteous. unrighteous. Yeah. It's like you, you, you invest in every other thing apart from God's word. You have not read scripture the whole week, even though you call yourself a Christian. You are going to take a decision about your marriage. You are going to take a decision about a job. You are going to take a decision about school. S -s different things. There is no prayer. There is no relationship with God. It's not everything you come to talk to your pastor about. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you see your pastor? Many of you are liars. Even when you see us, you won't tell us the truth. You hide things. You are untruthful. You are a liar. You see, an accomplished liar. Decept, de deceitful person. Even to yourself. You don't own up the truth. Because you don't walk in the light. You hide things. You are taking decisions. You are confronted with thoughts. You know, and, and you see that some of them are, are not right. But you, 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 you can't talk about it. You, you don't seek help. Why do we take our bodies to the hospital? When you see problems, you go to the hospital. Sometimes some people don't wait for problems. They make it a habit to go for dental check, for eye check, for uh, uh, vitals, for this, for that, throughout the year. They are not waiting for a problem before they go. Because sometimes when a problem comes, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't understand the relationship that you have. This is when we are young. You are in the house with your mother. A, a certain boy starts sending you a message. I love you. You look sexy. I like your eyes. When I see you, my heart moves from the left to the right. Then you are reading it and your head is filled with butterflies. Butterflies. 
Then, then you send the message to another stupid friend of yours. Say, look at what he's saying. Then she will say, wow, he's romantic. Wow, he's a sweet guy. Is this a sweet guy? You have met a liar. Yeah. Go to your mother and show your mother the message. You will see what your mother will tell you. But you don't want to hear what your mother will say. Yeah. Some, some of you, you know that when you come to us, what we will say you don't like. So you won't tell, you won't tell us. You won't tell us. Your mother has been through life. It's not now that she's come to read a message and say, you look sexy. Hey! Your eyes are sexy. Go and, go and ask your mother whether... Daddy, daddy tells mommy that you have sexy eyes. It's not sexy eyes that make daddy happy in the house. It's not sexy eyes that will make mommy a good woman in the house. There are decisions and mindsets that are above these things. Butterflies in your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, my time is up. Sit down, sit down. The fruit of the spirit, what God expects from you, from your heart, is goodness. Pay back. Be good. Be good. Because that's the nature of God. You see, when I was young, I didn't understand my father in so many ways. I'm telling you. And it, was, it, it became a conflict. So you misinterpret his actions and his expression of love. But I thank God that at a very crucial point in my life, it was corrected by the presence of God in my life. Accepting God. I began to understand him. And as I've grown here, I, I cherish him. How he was good to people, our family members. Hey, helping people, doing this, doing that. Yeah. And we used to feel that he thinks about other people, he doesn't think about us. The world has become very selfish. People think only about themselves. You see some of you young people, when you start working, some of you start earning monies that your parents never earned. But your lives eh, cannot bless people beyond what your parents have done. You are selfish. You invest in things that are expensive. The world, eh, hey, yeah, you go to places your parents will never go. Yeah, They are wiser. You spend money in the night, that if your mother has that money, she won't spend it in the night. In one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Righteousness. And truth. Learn to be truthful. I've come across liars. Yeah. You see people who are, who are, who are hiding. You see, when, when Adam started to hide from God, God knew that you have become a liar. You have assumed the nature of Satan. So he asked him, have you ate of the tree that I said you shouldn't eat? Because that's the nature of Satan. He has pierced you. He has entered you. Yeah. And you have assumed his nature. You are hiding from your father who comes to you in the cool of the day. Who has given you everything that is good for food. For your strength. And he has given you dominion over everything. He says be happy. But don't do this one. And that very thing that he says you shouldn't do is that very thing that you are doing. Yeah. That's the very thing you want to do. So you see that you start hiding. They tell you, you are young. Don't take a boyfriend. Don't take a girlfriend. And you have started. So you are hiding. 
You are a boy. Your father is looking after you. He's giving you money to buy panties, to buy singlet, to buy toothbrush and toothpaste. You are, you are going after a girl and giving her money. A bloody liar. And you say, I love you. And you see, because you're also an ignorant girl, you think that that word laugh is the world. Verse 10. I think I have to end. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Listen to me. When Jesus saw the fig tree, he was offended because what he was seeing were leaves. I don't like leaves. I don't eat fig leaves. It's not acceptable. You see, when your life is not lived in goodness, in righteousness, and in truth, and you are saturated with evil relationships and decisions that are ungodly, I'm telling you, you become unacceptable. There are parents who don't like their children. Yeah. Because of the character they have. Yeah. It's like whatever they say the child should do, they don't do it. Yeah. And you see, you can't, you can't begrudge a father or a mother who feels that way. Some of you, as you are there, you are the problem of your parents. If you are not there, your, your father and your mother, they will be happy. They will, be, they will live long. Yeah. They won't have complications. Sometimes mothers have high blood pressure because of you. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 you understand it. Yeah. So, you, you are not acceptable. Your things, the things you do are not acceptable. It's like, and you find it, you see, you find it a burden when it's almost as if everything you do, they talk about. Yes, because everything you do is not right. And they have the right to say, don't behave this way. The day you come to a point where they become silent, eh, it shows that you have reached a place where you have been cut off. Yeah. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Verse 11. Verse 11. Hey, your sickness is coming. Look at this one. I'm ending here. It says, and have no fellowship. Fellowship. Curse for being fruitless. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather reprove them, reject them. Why do you see what is wrong and you choose to do it? There is no parent here who will be happy that your child is a, a, a deviant. No. no. It's like in the area, ah, one mother, the, the son, he, he steals and they beat him. Yeah. Everybody in the area knows him. How, how can a mother take pleasure? You hear people shouting, screaming, Hey! Sasha, what's it going? Sasha! Hey! Before you hear what is happening, it's your son. Your, your, you can't sleep. Yeah. Have! No, you see, if you are here and you don't know what unfruitful works of darkness are, Everybody here, in, inside you, is the knowledge of good and evil. Even little children. When they spoil something, they know that it's wrong. So, so when you come home and they've spoiled something, they go, they go and hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go and hide. 
Yeah. Who did it? It's not me. It's not me. It's not. Because you see, they know that when they say it's me, trouble is coming. But the one who says it's not me is the first one who is the, the one who did it is the first one who says it's not me. Then the one who didn't do it also say it's not me. <laughs> so who did it? <laughs> because they know that that those things are unfruitful things. It's like mommy will not be happy that we have spoiled this, you have broken this, you have done this. Sometimes when they, some of them, when they do something wrong, they become quiet and they go. <laughs> yeah, they know. They, yeah. So you can't at this age be ignorant of the devices of evil. But you see, the world has chosen to walk in darkness. Yeah. The world has chosen. What God doesn't like is what the world is doing. Yeah. And the Bible says, have no fellowship. It's when you meet somebody who doesn't respect God, doesn't respect his word. Hey. Me, I learned something as a young person. One day, my father, I had some friends in the house. And my father told me something about one of them. He said, this is your friend. He doesn't respect but you see, when you are young and your father says this about your friend, you don't understand it. Because as far as you, you are, he's your friend. You see? Yeah. And when you are friends, I mean, there are some things you can't even understand. Yeah. But over the period, I, I noticed it. Yeah. He speaks to his parents, his father anyhow, his mother anyhow. Have no fellowship. There are things God doesn't like. He doesn't want you. You see, let it be somebody, but not you. You, we are, you have not been brought to correct somebody or to save the world. It is the Holy Spirit that saves the world. Yours is to love and to speak to people about what is right. Leave the rest to them and to God, who is the judge. We, we, we are all here. That's why, as a pastor, I love people who are untruthful, who are unrighteous, who are not good. There are people who are wicked. There are people that you can love them, but they can't love somebody else. There are people you make sacrifices for. They won't make any sacrifice for. There are people you cover what they do wrong, but they, do, they uncover people's wrongs. Yeah, they can say, I had a guy who impregnated uh, uh, his house help. Yeah, impregnated the house help. A church member. Not here. Where have I came from? Before you start thinking, hey, who is this? Who is this person? Who is this person? Keep quiet. And, and, and when the wife discovered it and came, she was broken. And it was like almost the end of the marriage. So we called the two of them, spoke to them. And the guy admitted he's wrong, Is this. So we said, call the girl's mother and tell the girl's, the house elf's mother, this is what has happened. And that you are going to be responsible for the upkeep of the child and whatever comes with it. And he did just that, called, apologized. The woman came, came for her daughter and went away. And he paid all the bills, medical bills, whatever, till the child was born, put the child in school. I mean, for about three years. And they were happy, husband and wife in the house. Nobody knows what has happened. Then in the church, somebody... <laughs> somebody else's matter came up. This guy was the first one to open his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, he has forgotten. He has forgotten. Yeah. He's forgotten. Yeah. This is something that we cover people. Not because, you see, we condone sin. When Jesus Christ met the woman 
who was brought to him because of uh, adultery. What did, what did he say? After everything, he said, where are your accusers? They had run away because he said, let he that is without sin be the first to cast the stone. Then the people realized that, mm. if, 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 if you look in your life, you realize that, you see, somebody has committed adultery. You have not committed adultery, but you have also stolen. You have also done other things. So when you are truthful, eh, you realize that you don't have the moral right to judge somebody. So it came to them that they can't do that, and they left. Then Jesus Christ, who has authority to judge the living and the dead, said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Yeah. Go and sin no more. That's, that's how we should be good to each other. You don't say bad things about somebody. Oh, this girl, she will take your husband, though. As if, if you are there, if, if you get the husband you don't like. Don't point to people. Don't, don't say bad things about people to others. It's a, it's a deviant behavior. Because in the nature of God, he says in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12, for I will be merciful unto, the, 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 to, unto them, their sins, I will remember no more. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. God will. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. God has decided that what you have done, he won't talk about it again. He won't use it against you. Then you. That's the goodness of God. The mercies and the goodness of God. It, it makes us saints as if we have no sin. But he has chosen to cover it and forgive us. How can you how can't you walk in the house? How can't you go, go, go look at somebody else who has who has been overtaken in the fourth and be spiritual a little bit and be right a little bit? Your heart is not right. Fruitfulness is a spiritual thing. And it, it always manifests in the things that we do. May you not receive a curse for being fruitless. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all we have. Stand to your feet. Lift up your right hand to the Lord and thank him. Lift up your right hand to the Lord and thank him. Speak to the Lord. I don't know what God has said to you this morning, but I know he's spoken to you. He's spoken to you. How do I walk away from the curse of unfruitfulness? God has spoken to us, all of us. Let your hands and speak to him and thank him. Set your heart. Let God set you. Try your thoughts. Let God try your thoughts as well. And let him see. There are wicked ways in you. There are deviant ways in you. And let him lead you in the way everlasting. Let him take away the defaults. And the things that are meant to destroy you and to cause him to cut you. Because there is a day when those who are fruitless are cut off. They are with, they wither. Uh, uh, something is poking and they, they wither from the roots. It's like you, you, your place cannot even be recognized. It, it was as though you didn't live. That's what happened to Adam. Jesus Christ never spoke a word about Adam. When you read the Bible, today you have uh, <coughs> online Bibles. If you type Adam, and you look at the New Testament, you realize that Jesus Christ never mentioned that, that word. 
but he spoke about Isaiah. He spoke about, about uh, 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 Moses. He spoke about Abraham, David. He, all the prophets, he quoted from many things that the prophets said, but not Adam, as if he didn't exist. Because he has been with it. It's like he, he, he didn't exist, but he lived for 900 years. Be careful. Be careful. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to him. Set your heart. The decisions you are taking, the choices you are making, let God be your guide. Ask yourself whether you are a good person. Do you say good things about people? Whenever you have said something bad about somebody to another person, it's an evil spirit. Don't stare strife. Don't be somebody who causes divisions. A tail bearer. The things we have done, if God is to, is to publish them and print them out, who can stand? Who can stand the shame? Who? But he has forgiven and for, forgotten. He said, I will remember them no more. God is a truthful God. If he says, I won't remember, it means he has placed it in a place that he doesn't remember. If he sees you today, he doesn't see you according to your sins. How come you always pointing fingers at people? They are the works of unfruitfulness, of darkness. You don't give people any chance. Thank you. Father, help us. Deliver us, Lord. And let our minds be renewed. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Every eye closed. Everybody standing. Nobody moves. I'm going to pray with you. If you are here this morning, somebody invited you to church or you came on your own. In your heart, you know that you haven't received and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the first step to light, walking in the light. Because the unfruitful work of darkness is more prevalent in our lives without Christ. The decisions and the choices are mostly wrong. Morality is different from righteousness. Righteousness is being right with God being right with God. And you can know in your heart that you are far away from the Lord. And this morning God has spoken to you. You want to give yourself to Christ. Surrender to him and invite him into your heart. Lift up your right hand. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are. Today is your first day. Today is your second day. You've been coming for a year. You've been coming every day. You've been, you are always around but you can see that you need this change. Lift up your hand. You want me to pray with you wherever you are. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. God bless you. Yes. I can see some hands up. Lift it up. Yes. Lift it up. God bless you. If you have lifted up those hands, please move from where you are. Come and stand in front of me. I want to pray with you. Come. Come and stand here. God bless you. God bless you. Stand here. Stand here. God bless you. God bless you. Lift up your two hands, all of you who are here. 
lift up your two hands. Now, I hope everybody here can, help, uh, can hear me. Can you all hear me? Okay, that's beautiful. So, you are going to repeat this prayer after me. It is your prayer, but I'm leading you to pray. And when you finish this prayer, you would have received the greatest gift that God gave us. He said, for he so loved us that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, that's the greatest gift you can walk out of this place with, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands. Let us pray. Everybody close your eyes and join. If you know you have to be here, humbly walk and come and join. Don't stand there. It is God you are surrendering to, not a man. Let us pray. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I believe in my heart that you have sent your son, Jesus Christ. He came to die for me and shed his blood to wash my sins. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior and I receive forgiveness of all my sins through the blood that he shed. From today, I am born again because of the blood that Jesus shed. From today, my sins are forgiven. From today, I'm a child of God. Heavenly Father, please write my name in the book of life and help me to be faithful until the end. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you are blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow the Macarius Church, The Gambia, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. God richly bless you.